Let's get to work over here. New Mishnah. Says the Mishnah, like you say me like If somebody didn't uh, didn't cover his hatmana pot during daylight, so it's too late. It's too late for him to cover it once it's gotten dark already. So good. Now, however, what happens if I did cover it? I was conscientious, so I covered it when I was supposed to, but this gala, something happened, and the uh, the uh, the material I used to cover it got moved somehow. Says the Gemara, mutul In that scenario, we permit you to recover it. Memali is It's very interesting halacha, which it wouldn't have necessarily occurred up, occurred to us. I think it was an issue. You can fill up a jug of water and put it under the pillow or cover. Why are you doing that? Because you don't want it to get warm. It's very hot, and you have some nice cold water, and you don't want to have tepid water in the 120 degree uh, heat. So what do you do? You cover it up. So I might have thought that uh, that uh, there should be like a gazera of putting away, of doing hatmana on water, atu, um, to doing hatmana on hot things, right? Things that I want to keep warm, so I also can't do things that I want to keep cool. Says the Mishnah, no, says the Mishnah, you're allowed to do hatmana in order to keep things cool. Okay, Amr Yehuda Muter it's permissible to do hatmana on cold things. Amr Yosef, my Tanina, what kind of what's Shmuel telling us a big chiddush that the Mishnah tells us straight up, Mali Adam Kitan. So open Mishnah. What do I need, Shmuel? I'm only buy it to Kamashmala. No, Shmuel's teaching us a tremendous amount. The Amy Masnisin, had we merely looked at the source in the Mishnah, this that we said in the Mishnah is only something which is It's only when you're doing something which is unusual. In other words, it doesn't it's not a mirror image of what you would do. If you had a hot substance, just happens to be cold. You're doing something which doesn't, which wouldn't work as a hatmana, or be at least a highly unusual form of hatmana. Were you working with hot things? You're taking a jug full of water and you're putting it under your pillow. So you know that is like evidently different from uh, from regular hatmana. So that's not such a chiddush to say that, uh, that that's not that 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 that's not forbidden. However. When you do something that mimics normal hatmana, but it happens to be that your that your hoped for result is a cool uh, uh, dish or a cool drink and not a hot one, you might think in that scenario it's actually going to be aser. So it's a good chiddush that Shmuel taught us. All right, kamash malon. Amravuna, like this. Amravuna. Ravuna says, so he's really the, the, the correct, it says, Omar Rabbi, surely say, Omar Rabbi, also it's forbidden to do hatmana on cool drinks or food. Vihatanya asked the Gemara, says, Nebraisa, Rabbi, it's a contradiction. On the one hand, we have Ravuna quoting Rabbi, forbidding hatmana of tzayin, of cold things. And on the other hand, we have a Braisa which says, Rabbi permitted it. Says the Gemara, like hash. It should be the 
Excuse me. This is before he heard it from Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Yosi. This is after he heard it from Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Yosi. What are we talking about? Kihad Yosef Rabbi is um, according to this story. Uh, one time Rebbe was sitting, but on my he announced it's forbidden to hide anything called. Right? Presumably, what the Gemara means at this point means anything, regardless of whether or not it resembles it is a normal mode of Hatmana or not. In other words, he's disagreeing with the town of our Mishnah. So says Abba, right, his father, he's getting quoted a lot these days. Abba My father, Rabbi permitted the Hatmana of cold items, right? So Omar Kavar Herzog and Rabbi said, "Oh, I take it back because somebody older than me, someone older and wiser than me, has already ruled that this is permissible, right?" So uh, there was a great deal of humility in Rabbi, who was the big cheese, who was the nasi, um, acting in this way towards somebody who was, at least formally speaking, inferior to him. Um, as the Gemara points out. And the more points at a different angle, Amra Papa, boy Ray, come So see how see how much love and respect the Talmud Chachamim have for each other. Sheilur of Yosi Kayim Hayakuf of Yosheil Fnei Rabbi. Were Rabbi Yosi alive, he too would be Kuf of Yosheil Fnei Rabbi. He would because that's the rule. Rabbi was in charge. Rabbi was the Nazi. So Rabbi Yosi would have had to be sitting and listening to Rabbi. Why? Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Yaisi was a fitting successor to his father. That's what it means to be Mamali Makam He was equal, or at least in some form, to his father in Chashivos. And the Kafi Rabbi. And how we see that he uh, sat respectfully in front of Rabbi. So obviously Rabbi Yaisi would have done the same. And nonetheless, nonetheless, Rabbi spoke with such great respect. Oh, Kavar Herzakin. Once Rav Yaisi opened his mouth, who am I to say anything? Okay. Amr Rav Nachman Daru Avdei. Rav Nachman said to his servant, his slave Daru, Atman Li Tsoyne, Vaisi Le Mayda Achim Kfeila Rama. Please put away for me a, a, a jug of cold water, so it should stay cold, and bring me this other water that our non-Jewish uh, chef or non-Jewish cook heated up. Shomer Rabbi Ami. Big bitter Rami was present and he heard and he did not like this at all. He was upset for two reasons. On the one hand, he heard him doing Hatmon of Tsainin, which he doesn't seem to have liked. And on the other hand, he heard him doing what seems to be a violation of Bishalakum. Right? Please, having a non Jewish cook heat up water for you seems to be, on the face of it, a violation of Bishalakum. So, um, says the Gemara. I really don't understand why Rav Ami got upset. He's acting in accordance with the opinions of his Rebbe. One is like Rav, one is like Shmuel. What could be better? Right, he's conforming to Shmuel who said, you're allowed to do Hatman of everything which can be eaten, 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 um, as it is raw, in other words, which technically does not require heating up in order to be consumed safely, um, and shalaya de'edchak, right, something that you would happily drink or eat um, raw as well as cooked, does not 
uh, is not covered by Bishul Egoim. It's not. It's not. It's, it's not. It's not considered Bishulak. Right. So water does not need to be cooked. So the Gemara. So what happened? Why was he? Uh, why was he? Uh, well, what's the problem? Says the Gemara. So why indeed was Rabbi upset? Says the Gemara. Savar Adam Chashuv Shani. He thought somebody of Rebbe's of excuse me of Rav Nachman's stature should conduct himself in a stricter fashion, even though these things are technically absolutely mutter. But he felt that somebody who's a, who's on a high madrega has to conduct himself in a stricter fashion, so that people. His assumption is Rashi explains that. There's going to kind of be a cascading level of observance from the top dog. So if you are the top dog, you have to be very strict, and you can assume that the people, you know, all the way at the bottom will at least do what they're supposed to do. But if you're just doing what you're supposed to do, then uh, the people at the bottom won't even bother with that, which is an interesting idea, sociologically speaking. Probably some truth to it. Okay. Um Tanabon. I will be Sha'amru ain't time na feel but Abishina Mitsukaiba. Misha uh 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 even though we know that you're not allowed to do hatmana even in a permissible material. Right? We spend a lot of time talking about permissible and forbidden materials, what's my zikab and what's not, what's an efficient insulator and what's not. But Lamaisa um the halacha is ain't time enough to love a shein of mitzvahel mi shechashka. Right, once it gets dark, once uh, once already Shabbos has come, it's too late to do any kind of atmana. However, in balo hoisif moisif, let's say I have a successful, um, effective atmana going on, and I simply want to uh, increase the level of insulation. I want to do a bit of a a better job insulating my food. Or, alternatively, Rashi points out, it could be that what I want to do is, I want to lower the level of Hatmana because it's too warm. And I'm afraid that my tab shielding more is going to invoke this in the moment. I'm just telling you because, I'm telling you now so it doesn't get confusing later. Right? Um, my tab shield, I don't want my tab shield to, you know, to wither away, to shrivel up because there's so much heat. Sometimes I might say, oh, I need to take off some of the covering in order to... Uh, uh, ensure that my dish stays at a palatable, in a palatable zone. Um, says the Gemara, what do you do? What do you do? In Balahaisiv Maisiv, Ketzat Huayza, what do you do? You can remove the sheet. Right? And place, Glufkrin is a heavy, Rashi says Glufkrin is a coat. A heavy, something heavy. That's literally Kufav Tes, coat. Something heavier. Some heavy blanket or coat, um, which insulates even better. Oh, Alternatively, right, you can uh, take away the glufkrin, the heavy coat, and place a lighter covering, right, if you don't want it to be too hot. Also had a different kula, a different leniency when it comes to hatmana. What was it? Right, so the Gamliel, they only forbade that mecha, that uh, source of heat, that pot, excuse me, that uh, that kettle, right? And you're doing hat when, when we forbid hatmana. So if you hit, you heat up your food in one mecha, in one kettle, and then you take that same pot and you stick it into the ground, right? So that's what we're talking about 
Um, that's what we're talking about when we say it's forbidden to do hatmana once it gets dark, right? Once Shabbos actually begins. Right. However, right, because that's the concern. But remember, what's our concern? What, why is it forbidden to uh, to heat up a pot once Shabbos actually? Well, to excuse me, to do hatmana once Shabbos actually begins, because we're concerned that what's going to happen is like this. You're going to kind of shift into your normal behavior. What do you usually do? You bring your pot to a boil, you take it off the stove, and you put it in the ground to stay warm for the next six hours, right? But what happens if you have technically there's no reason you can't do that on Shabbos if you have your hole already prepared, etc. The problem is that if this, that you, what you might end up doing is you might say, hey, give out, you know, my pot cooled down and now it's time to put it into the ground so that the challenge should be hot for tomorrow or whatever, but uh, my pot's not actually that hot. So you might end up stoking the flames to get the pot, bring the pot back up to a boil, which absolutely is iser deraisa, So therefore, that's why it's forbidden to do hatmana once it actually becomes dark. It says the Gemara, that's only true, says Rishim Gamaliel, that's only true um, in the same vessel, in the same kettle that you started off with. If you transfer the food from one pot to the next, you basically pour it from the Klerishin into the Klisheni. Now it's permitted. Why? Right? If you <laughs> here you are cooling it down, you're deliberately you're doing an action which deliberately shows that you're not that particular that it reach a boil. So there's no suspicion that you're going to go from there and boil up the pot once again. That's backwards. That's not how it works. Okay, fair enough. The Gemara continues. If I did hatmana and I covered the pot, um, both I did both the hatmana and the covering of the pot with something which may be moved on Shabbos, right? Or alternatively, alternatively, um, let's say the hatmana, the surrounding material, is actually mukta. But the kisa b'davar hanitul b'shabbos. But I covered the pot with something which may be moved on Shabbos. Right, so in these scenarios, it's easy, it's a no-brainer. I can be nice to a I can take the bring the pot in and out without a problem. However, says the Gemara, says the Shemgamliel, Tom the if I did hatmana in something mukta or covered my um my um, my pot was something uh, and, and covered my pot with something or even if I did hatman in a, in a material which may be moved on Shabbos but the keys of the Shabbos I covered with something if there's a little bit of the lid peeking out which enables me to grab onto the uh, to the clay right um, to the vessel so then I'm able to be naitul umachser. I'm able to pick up the pot um, and uh, and move it, right? But if there's nothing sticking out, the problem is, um, right? So if there's something sticking out, so I'm able to move it and whatever falls, right? It'll be similar to what we said earlier about tilting the whole thing and letting it fall, right? It's like tilting in hatzah, right? But however, if you don't have that, so then the whole thing becomes a basis al davar aser. The davar aser is sitting on the lid. And therefore, um, I have a big problem. I'm not able to take out my food. Right? From love, says the Gemara, ain't uh, a You cannot take your food in and out of the hole. Okay? That's a big mistake. Big fail. Rabbi Yehuda Oimer, 
Neoires shall pishton daka harehi kezeva. Neoires shall pishton daka. This we the Gemara quoted this earlier, and the reference to the second part of that mission earlier on the Tesem Aleph. Right, the Neoires shall pishton daka. The 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 coarse, uh, excuse me, the fine strands of uh, of the flax plant. Right, harehi kezevel. That's such an efficient insulator. It's like zevel. It's like using manure, which is a very efficient and and, and high temperature thing to put one's pot into. And um, and therefore you can't do atmana. It's the ramais of hevel. The Gemara continues. Okay, so there's a bit of a girsa problem here, and we're going to refer to Maser Sashas for the correct girsa. But basically, the way it should read is. Um, you can place a kettle on a kettle and a pot on a pot, right? Avoloi, so it shouldn't say avoloi. It should say ukedera agabi mechan. And you can place a pot, right, on top of a um, um, yeah. You can place a pot. Um, he's trying to resolve it with Rashi. Okay. But you can play so kedera, right? You can say kedera agabi mecham. You can and, and you and you can and you can place a kedera on top of a mecham, but um, right, a, a a pot on top of a kettle, right? Now, what what is the difference between a pot and a kettle? In this in this context, Rashi explains that a mecham means a copper pot, and a kedera means a um, a um, a uh, a charis, an earthenware one. So. Um, what Rashi basically ends up explaining is that you, the one thing you can't do, um, the one thing you can't do is place a uh, a a mecham on top of a kedera. But a kedera on top of a mecham is permissible. Right, and you can cover its uh, its open lid with dough, presumably as an uh, an insulator, right? Uh, but Rashi points out you can't be making the dough on Shabbos. The dough has to be prepared from before Shabbos. But not for the purpose of heating them up, right? Right. In order to keep them uh, equally warm, you're not trying to increase their heat. You're trying to use them to maintain each other's heat. Okay. Um, very well. The same way that uh, you are not supposed to be toiming, do hatmana on hot stuff, you're not supposed to make hatmana on cold stuff. Rebbe hitil hatmana satsoyim, but Rebbe permitted doing hatmana on cold stuff. Okay, vein mirazkin leyesa shalik leyesa bardu. You want to smash some ice, you want to have crushed ice for your fancy cocktails, you can't do that on Shabbos. You cannot uh, smash up snow or hail on Shabbos. Bishfil shi azuvu meimav. You can't do it if you're trying to extract water. Actually, the ice in the cocktail is probably okay. But you can't do it in order to create water, because that would be noilu. Right? You're thirsty, so you want to break up some ice? That's not okay. Right? You can um, put uh, you can put the ice into your cup or into your pot, even though you know it's going to melt. Right? They're not addressing, the Mars not addressing smashing it now. I'm saying you can take a chunk of ice and put it into your cup, into your drink, and that's not a concern, even though you know the ice will melt. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Moving on. New pair. 
says the Mishnah, Bama Bahim Yaita or Bama Ainu Yaita. Uh, it might be Bame Ubama. If Yaakov Tukman was on, he would probably set me straight. So what are we talking about over here? So that's a little bit of introduction. The halacha is that a person is mitzvah, we are commanded not only on ourselves, on our own keeping of Shabbos, we're also commanded to ensure that our animals keep Shabbos after a fashion, right? Shvisas behemtai. Our animals also are not permitted to be mechal Shabbos. So the, the, one of the primary examples of that is mechamer. Mechamer entails um, having my animal carry a load uh, on Shabbos. So one of the things that... Uh, one of the one of the questions that uh, that defines whether or not something is mechamer is is this a load or a decoration? If an animal is carrying something unnecessary, that's a load. If it's carrying something that is necessary for um, for its own for its functioning as domestic animals, that's a tachshit, right? That's a decoration or a functional accessory um, and is permissible. Says the Gemara. Says the Mishnah. Excuse me. Yoytze hagamol beafsar. A camel can go out with an afsar. So Rashi uh, says uh, uses some old French word, which uh, they explain is a sort of a rein which wraps around the animal's neck. Right? It doesn't have a bit necessarily. Um, it wraps around the animal's neck. It's reins or a halter. Halter is probably the correct uh, word. We're going to have a lot of things that could be described as a halter. Vinaaka, what's a naaka? A naaka is a dromedary, a, a fast camel, although someone else I saw says that it is a large the Gemara says something which in, which implies that it might be a particular like selection of camels as opposed to a particular breed of camels we'll see in a moment. Um which is uh, controlled with a nose ring, right? It sounds like a little bit of a more harsh, a little bit of a, a more powerful method of Controlling the animal the, the, with a bit or a kind of a, a halter that's run through its nose. Viluvdakim biprumbaya. You can more than understand what that means. Mystery phrase. Viluvdakim biprumbaya. Visus bishir. And a horse, right? A horse um, is controlled with basically, uh, may be controlled basically with a collar. Um, it doesn't seem like either they didn't use bits or a bit wasn't quite necessary, so therefore it's not permissible. Um, or, or I shouldn't say it's not. The Gemara is going to talk about whether or not it's permissible. But um, extra firepower in terms of controlling the animal is permissible. What else about all these accessories? If the animal, if the clee, um, if the clee becomes tummy Tomas mace, you can sprinkle the mechatos. Of course, the Gemara is going to talk about this in more detail. But you can sprinkle the uh, the para water on the accessory while it's on the animal. Right, that's its most, that's its uh, normal function, and if it needs to be titled, right, if it needs to, if, if, whoopah. Oh, I lost you all there for a moment. Where do we leave off? Where do you, where do you lose me? I was just explaining the last line of the Mishnah. Yeah, I'll just review. Yeah, it was the last line of Mishnah. Right, so these kalim, the, 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 the way they, they are able to be purified even in position on the animal. Even in position on the animal, you can sprinkle paraduma water and you can immerse them in the mikveh. You can immerse the whole animal, as it were, um, in the mikveh. Okay. 
Says the Gemara, "My naaka b'chayta." What does that mean? How do we translate those words? Am Rabbi Barbachana naakta chivrasi. Right? What's a naakta? Rashi says it's a female camel, which is chivrasi. Uh, literally means white. So that's why I'm not 100 percent certain certain if it's correct to translate dromedary because it could be, it could be a, just a particular you know like group of uh, of normal camels, but very aggressive, fast, strong camels. Bizimam um, of the parzilla with a Zimama the Parzala with a nose ring of steel. Okay? And that's what's used to control the, the, uh, the movement of the animal. Viluvdakim beprumvaya. What's that? What does that mean? Amrafuna chamra luba, a Libyan donkey. Bipagi the Parzala with a, um, a uh, Rashi says, resin, which is basically a rain, a metal, an iron, um, rain and bit, I think. Uh, which wraps around the animal's head and cheeks, right? A halter with a bit, presumably. Right? Another way to control these very strong and vigorous and aggressive uh, donkeys. Levi uh, Shadazuzi a little story. Levi sent money to the Bechuzai, the Mizban Lechamra Lube. He sent the to people of Bechuzai, which maybe was a North African area, to buy a Libyan camel. Um, I never knew, I don't know where Bechuzai is. So, um, uh, so what they did was they took his money, they tied it up, right, and they sent him a, they sent it back to him together with a bag of barley, right? They, it was a message. Right? What were they telling him? What they were trying to tell him was really you don't have to bother with buying a fancy imported camel from a faraway country. What you can simply do is feed your cam- your excuse me donkey from faraway country. You can feed your donkey good food like barley. Because Nigri the Khamasari, the steps of a donkey are barley. The way to make your donkey strong and vigorous like a like a Libyan donkey is to feed it barley. Okay? So the question was discussed, what that means is the question of switching around the animals to different modes was discussed in front of Rebbe. What does that mean? Um uh, what happens if you switch around the um, the devices used to control the animals from one to the next? So says the Gemara. We can't be talking about, for example, a dromedary with a mere afsar, with a mere uh, collar-like uh, halter. Why? Um, because that simply doesn't work, right? It's not it's not good enough. It's not it's not workable. So you can't be asking about a case that's not workable. Came um, right? It doesn't. It's not an effective, efficient way to control the animal, right? So masuhu. So therefore, right? It's a masuhu. It's just a load, and you're not allowed to lead your animal through, through, uh, through, the, you know, around on Shabbos with a load. Your question is, what about a camel with a nose ring controller that, like, of the sort you would use on a dromedary? Right, something that is more efficient than is necessary. It's more powerful than is necessary. Why? Right? My, what's the question? Came the sagula, but after who maybe you're going to say because technically it's enough to use a lesser uh, type of halter, so it's masui, it's a burden. Maybe in general we don't say that extra um, extra power, extra firepower, uh, is called a masui load. Once again, Bishmael Rav says, There are four animals which 
um, go out be'afsar with a halter of this sort, a neck halter. Hasus ve'hafer ve'hagamu ve'achamor. Right, the horse, the mule, the camel, and the donkey. Says the Gemara, l'mu'uteimai. Lav l'mu'utei gamal b'chaitim. It would seem what we're trying to exclude is a gamal b'chaitim. In other words, a camel goes out only with an afsar, with a neck halter, but not with a nose halter, with a chaitim. Says the Gemara, what? We just wanted to exclude. If you don't want to exclude, we wanted to exclude what we were talking about. Um, an afsar, a neck halter, which is not considered effective for a na'aka, a dromedary. Because it can't be controlled by that means efficiently, and therefore it is a masui, it's a burden and forbidden on Shabbos. Says the Gemara, kitanoi. This seems to be the subject of a machlekes tanoim. Ein chaya yoitza b'soyger. You cannot take a moose on a walk, right, a chaya, a wild, non-domesticated animal of any kind, uh, on a walk with a near, with a rope leash, right, with a lasso. That's not enough. That's not, uh, that is an insufficient uh, way to, um, to go, to take your moose for a walk, and therefore um, it becomes a masui because it doesn't really work. A little rope is not going to stop a moose from stampeding, and Therefore, it is a masu, it is merely a burden, it's not permissible. Hanani disagrees, Hanani says, I can go out, right, with a soyger, with a, uh, with a mere rope collar. Um, and anything which, uh, which uh, you know, offers some level of protection. So now says, hold on a second, my we can't be talking, we can't actually be talking about a moose. If we're talking about a moose, of course a rope's not going to work. No one disagrees. It's not possible to say that Hananya holds that I can use an animal, uh, that I can take out a large, dangerous animal, or even not a dangerous animal, an animal that can't be controlled. Um, mooses are very dangerous, by the way. Um, with a rope. That's not possible. Nobody holds to that. Right? So what then? What's the Gemara talking about? So we're talking about a, a weasel. Right? A rope should be fine. Why couldn't I use a rope? We must be talking about a cat. Since technically a cat, which is a generally, while it is uh, an independent animal, it is not a dangerous animal. So, really, you could walk your chatul, you don't even need a rope. You could have a thread, like a piece of yarn, wrapped around its neck, and that would really be entirely sufficient for taking your cat for a walk. So the Tanakama holds, therefore, when you use a whole rope on the cat, so that's that's a burden. But Hanani says, no, every, whenever we're using a stronger method of control than is necessary, that doesn't qualify as a burden. Oh, so we see it's a machlekes tanoim. Whether a stronger method of control than is necessary qualifies as a burden, or it's also still permissible because you have to, that's how you are taking your animal for a walk, even though it's a little more firepower than you need. The halacha is in accordance with Hanani. Now, a brief story. These two fine Jews... Relevi Barchia and Rabbi Baruchuna were going on the way. Kadme Chamra, the Levi, the Chamra, the Rabbi Baruchuna. The Levi's donkey ran ahead um, of Rabbi Baruchuna. 
which is not appropriate. He should have, uh, Rufuna should have been permitted to go ahead because he was the superior, he was the older and wiser of the two. So Chalosh Daite de Rabba Baravuna. So Rabba Baravuna was um, upset. He was disappointed. This is no way to act. This is a big breach of, uh, of etiquette. So Omar Salevi realized what happens. He feels terrible. He says, Emile Milsa, he thinks to himself, I have to say something to make him feel better. So he should realize I didn't do it on purpose. My donkey is just a little hard to control. I'm not just feel donkey ride. So Omar Leichamarsha Right? Uh, a, a rude, a disrespectful donkey, right? Like my donkey, who you can, as you can see, has no sense of rules, no sense of etiquette. Um, what's the halacha? Can it go out with a prumbaya, with a um, a, a, a a very a, the, 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 the like a metal bit the, of the sort that you would use on a on a Libyan donkey um, on Shabbos? So your father quotes Shmuel as having said that all all extra firepower um, when it comes to bits, halters, and reins, all is permissible. It doesn't qualify as a masui, even though it's more than is necessary, and therefore the animal may go out like that on Shabbos. Okay.